Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bob Backlund defeated Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh my God! Back and forth. Got an ass like an amphitheater. It begins with a U. It ends with an A. There's a meal on this show there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review as the other Cultaholic lads uh, recover from another busy week in the Wednesday Night Wars. We are back via our Icapro powered DeLorean in the early 90s where the times are. Lean and the living is easy. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former cultaholic heavyweight champion, Tom Campbell. I am joined by the bear in the big blue bar cage, the man who is the head pen of cultaholic. If you were to take a pencil, he would do to that pencil what Tyson Fury did to a pen on Monday Night Raw. He'd struggle, he'd struggle, he'd struggle. He'd eventually break it and throw it in your face because he does not need a pencil. He gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry and he is off of America. America. Boy, of all times I've struggled and struggled and struggled and threw something at somebody's face. It's a lot of a guidance <laughs> counselor visits and things of that sort. <laughs> you made me spit the tea a bit then. Thank you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, Justin? I'm enjoying my coffee here and th- thank for not spitting it out. Well done, mate. Well done. Have you had a lovely week? I've had a good enough week. Oh, a good <sighs> enough week. Yeah, I'm still just waking up here, so don't mind me. It's Friday morning. Oh, I'm still... I've... It is very Friday-ish. I'm not quite Shawn Michaels doing commentary level, but I'm fine. It's, uh, he's somewhere between Shawn Michaels doing commentary and Rebecca Black getting up in the morning. Got to be fresh. Got to get out the house. <laughs> it's Friday. Friday. Got to get out on Friday. Well, there's quite a wide range to uh, land in. So <laughs> It's somewhere in that ballpark. That is where you currently live. Uh, let's just say it's autumn right now, and it's still warm out, and but we have some cold days, so I, I have the confused weather sinus thing going. Oh, the uh, it's almost oh there it is there like the hay fever type affair. It's a bit hay fevery. <clears throat> uh, yeah, a little bit. Oh dear. But, but I shall persevere. A a salve will be chatting about old wrestling times with your old mate tom campbell that's the plan justin <laughs> henry uh just give us a little a little tete-a-tete a little bit of a little bit of jive where and when are we this week justin well it is the last leg of this tv taping it is broadcast day april 4th 1994 the day after easter here it was it was taped on march 21st in poughkeepsie the day after wrestlemania 10 and uh, in the Wrestling Observer for this week, uh, they had some very big questions to ask the readers. Namely, was Vince McMahon and Titan Sports involved in a conspiracy to get WWF wrestlers on steroids to increase ticket sales and merchandise? And also, WrestleMania 10, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just blow your nose then? Mm, slightly. You made a comedy honk. <laughs> I put I put the phone as far away as I possibly could from my sitting position. It was like Untitled overtly. Goose Game. It was delightful. 
But continue on with your wonderful steroid diatribe there, Tom. Uh, yeah, so this week, the Wrestling Observer is very much about the steroid trial of Vince McMahon, um, whether or not he is, in fact, guilty of, of as we said, uh, encouraging, sort of coercing, cajoling his wrestlers to beef up a little bit in return for higher pay and higher revenue and higher merch money. This trial would rumble on for quite some time, but it's uh, getting quite hot and heavy at the moment. Uh, Also, we have a Jenny Garth update. Uh, Turns out Jenny Garth hated doing WrestleMania. You couldn't tell by her face. Um, Garth was really unhappy about being there because... Uh, she was getting a big payday for doing basically nothing. Why you'd be unhappy about that, I do not know. She had refused to do a skit that they'd lined up for her earlier on because she thought it was in bad taste. And uh, she wasn't happy because of a security issue at the venue as well. She was basically in a down old mood and you could really see it. But she got paid a lot of money to turn up and be miserable. She had to hang out with Burt Reynolds. How bad could that Exactly. Like you're hanging out with a drunk Burt Reynolds. Besides, I mean, you know, Beverly Hills 902 and 0 is not exactly the, uh, you know, cultural heights of, uh, you know, it, it, it's not really high art, is it? I mean, she has to watch Brett versus Owen and Sean versus Razor up close. Exactly. I don't know why she's complaining. Uh, in WCW at this point, um, there is a flyer doing the rounds locally for Slamboree and they are planned Slam Meats and Slam Feast. This would be a precursor to what we now know as things like Starcade. Uh, but some big names are being... Uh, I mean, <laughs> a lot of meat. Slam meat. You know, if Conrad were here, he'd correct you. It's called Starcast, dickhead. I don't, I, I don't copyright the Starcast name for you to call it Starcade. Oh, I called it Starcade, didn't I? Sorry, Conrad. Chat me up on this, mate. Sounds about that. <laughs> Meltzer would write that Tom Campbell was wrong about everything. (laughs) And he he does it on purpose just to be different. What say you? Well, I don't know about being wrong, but what I do know is sometimes the old pecker doesn't get up that well. That's why I use Bluetooth. Uh... (laughs) Well, as we get ready for our Saturday podcast, 16 weeks, the story of Eric Bischoff in the catering department. (laughs) I want that to be a thing. I want that to be a thing. Um, some of the names for for the early version of Starcast, uh, Slam Meat and Slam Feast, are uh, names like Dusty Rhodes, Vern Gagne, Killer Kowalski, Red Bastion, The Assassin, Ray Stevens, Mike Graham, Tommy Young, Greg Gagne, Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson, Black Jack Mulligan, Hard Boiled Haggerty, Larry Hennig, and Luthez. <laughs> Tully Blanchard. He actually had a match at Slamboree that year. Yeah, he's, he was one of the more active veterans. He wasn't quite the all-time great yet. Him versus Terry Funk in Philadelphia, and what a brawl it was. Absolute chaos. Absolute chaos. Talking about absolute chaos, Cactus Jack uh, will be missing Spring Stampede, we find out in the Wrestling Observer. He's no, he having... won't. No, no, the hell he won't. Oh, well, according to the Observer, he will. Dave. <laughs> Dave, um, Dave Meltzer um, at this point. This is... Change. This is why it's funny. Well, I did. I, I think he may or he may not. Well done, Dave. Uh, he says he's having no hearing problems, but he's having problems with his balance. So he definitely, absolutely won't be at Spring Stampede. Where he would have a five-star match with Max Payne and the Nasty Boys. Exactly. He's not going to be there, so it's not, not a problem, mate. Why bother? Yeah, he won't be there to get hit in the head with a shovel by Jerry Sags. Nope, nope. You made that up. You made that up. And, uh, and, and this is a fun little note, which was buried deep in the Wrestling Observer. I wanted to bring it up. Steve Austin has a new finishing move. Would this be the That's a Wrap or Hollywood and Vine? This would be the Fuller Leg Lock named the Hollywood and Vine. Actually, Hollywood and Vine, because he had, he had two moves at the time, I believe. I just like the before... that Steve Austin had something before a stunner. Well, yes, he had the Million Dollar Dream when he was the ringmaster. Where did the stunner come from? Michael Hayes taught it to him. Is that for real? Or is that just... Yes. Uh, so Michael That's Hayes taught him the stunner? Yes, because actually, it's not it's not really well known, but if you go back to 1994, when the Freebirds temporarily reunited in WCW, Jimmy Garvin did the move that Johnny B. Bad at, at one of their events. I think it was... Um, oh, was it Bad? I can't remember who he faced, but he did it to somebody at Super Brawl 4, and it was called the 911. Oh... So, so I don't know what order that that, that it came in, whether it, that Garvin did it first and then uh, Johnny Ace took it or 
Chinese dip. I mean, I mean, Ace's version is like more of a cutter anyway. Chances are Simpsons but, uh, did it. Yeah, Simpsons might have done it. I think yeah, Simpsons, Mo did it first. Simpsons always do these things first. Well, we start off with a bit of conflict because Adam Bomb and Earthquake, who we're going to be facing off on the show tonight, are having an argument backstage, possibly over a parking spot. <laughs> and, they're just, and they're just yelling at each other these two monstrosities. In, in come the usual gang of idiots to separate them. <laughs> <laughs> the usual gang of idiots. It's true as well. Just a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> well, that's what they called the editorial staff and writing staff at Mad Magazine. That always thought was a great phrase. The usual so gang of applies... idiots. <laughs> so it applies here. It's always, here comes Lanza, here comes the Hebners, here comes Briscoe, here comes all these guys to separate everyone. It's like... Nowadays you have like Jamie Noble and uh, Adam Pearson. Adam Pierce, who, who was the most animated of the usual gang of idiots ever, because he, he he actually emotes when he yells at somebody during these pull parts. He does. He's, He's very active when he does that. God bless Scrap Iron. But anyway, yes, the usual gang of idiots shows up and Bomb says, "You took a cheap shot at WrestleMania 10," because he's mad about getting back jumped before their one-on-one match. And I got to say, hey, a little bit of intensity here. Yeah, I, I like it. Add- I'm actually jazzed up for Adam Bomb versus Earthquake now. I don't know about you. In one segment, they've made us care about Adam Bomb versus Earthquake. So the show opens with McMahon, special guest Gorilla Monsoon, who I'm always happy to see, and the magical green screen. Oh, I love a bit of green screen action, especially when the crowd are cheering completely the wrong direction. Yes, it's very AWA 1989-ish. This... This episode is so old, McMahon says, Hall of Fame bound, Gorilla Monsoon. And you notice he drops in the old, one of the all-time greats. Well, yeah, because Monsoon's never going to wrestle again, unfortunately. We actually joked with um, Paul London about that, who you'll hear on Desert Island Graps uh, next week, um, where Paul was talking about, like, you know, feeling old and stuff in wrestling. We said, and rightly so, as we discussed on this podcast, you don't feel old until Vince McMahon calls you one of the all-time greats. <laughs> That's when Pretty you know much. you're old. Yeah, Savage, Martell. At least Gorilla's pushing 60 at this point. Gorilla's got one more was... match in him. Even today. Think about this, right? Because, yeah, because Gorilla's pushing 60. And you've got mm-hmm. guys like... Hogan is like, maybe, brother, I've got one more match in me. Could you imagine Gorilla Monsoon at this point, in this time period, going, well, you know what? I think i got one more match in me, too. Yes, Monsoon shows up to Joey Janela's spring break. (laughs) Wrestles Mance Warner. (laughs) Actually, actually, I kind of want to see that match now. (laughs) Monsoon versus Mance. Could you imagine... If you folks out there don't follow Mance Warner on Twitter, do so immediately. He is the best wrestling Twitter guy there is. And the guy who should be a star today. Completely. Completely. He he is so goddamn entertaining. Anyway, back to a gorilla here who I think was a spry 56-57 here. So to put that in perspective, like who's 56 now? Undertaker almost is. Undertaker was almost the age that Monsoon is here. And we thought of Monsoon as, like, you know, your old uncle at this point. And Undertaker's that same age. Roughly. Maybe a couple of years off, but... Bill Goldberg's a couple of years around that age. Goldberg's probably about 52, so yeah, he's close. Uh... Hulk Hogan is 10 years older today than Monsoon was here. <laughs> and we're getting another match. Flair! <laughs> Bloody Flair! About, about a decade and a half older. <laughs> Flair's but. About... There's like 12 years younger than Monsoon in real life. So maybe we now got it's... shortchanged about having a, 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 a one more match for Gorilla Monsoon. The hell with that. One more match for Randy Savage. <laughs> was like, Savage is like 41 at this point. Uh, he's one of the all-time greats, mate. He's done. So who's for... I, mean, I mean, it's like Cassius Ono is almost 40 now. Cesaro is almost 40. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who's 40. I'll tell you who's 40. Um, uh, AJ Styles is 42. There you go. One of the all-time greats, AJ Styles, joins me on commentary and nothing else. <laughs> oh, God. Jeff Hardy's like the same age. <laughs> Matt Hardy's older. <laughs> like, for, 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 just, for just some perspective here. 
Is it funny? Is it funny if they had that same attitude now? Who would you have on the car? Mind you, mind you, saying that, I'm sure IRS was up there in years. I realize there are numbers and all that, and some guys would still go at, 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 at an older age, say Jericho or Dustin Rhodes or Minoru Suzuki, who will always be a badass. But, I mean, yeah, it's just – it is funny looking back. You realize that the guys you thought were old actually weren't as old as you thought. They're not actually that old. You know, we're, you know it's, it comes to us all, and it's uh, it's quite alarming. So, for this show, we have a 10-man tag from WrestleMania 10, the match that we didn't see. This one is in the bag. excited about that. It's in the bag, mate. It's in the bag. Ten men in the no, ring for a 10-man tag. That's right. Metal Edition promised. Hell, yeah. Bring it on. We have Razor Ramon in action, went plus Yokozuna. And Shawn Michaels debuts at the Heartbreak Hotel. Oh, get in. I'm excited for this. You know, all, all week long, like Monday, Tuesday, I'm not thinking about Heartbreak Hotel. I'm thinking, hell yeah, Razor's going to beat up a jobber. Razor's going to beat up a jobber. <laughs> and coming like, oh, it's, it, it's a bonus. It's an additional feature, the, the flipping Heartbreak Hotel. It's like free dessert at the diner. <laughs> So McMahon gives Monsoon a baseball in honor of opening day, which, uh, you know, in front of the green screen, this is happening Monday. But obviously this was uh, these matches are a little bit older than just one day or live for that matter. Earthquake versus Adam Bomb in a match that was considerably longer than WrestleMania 10's match. And considerably better. Uh, yeah, actually, this match was not bad at all. I was very pleased to see these two I really put say- the graft in. I gotta say, Earthquake may have had the best minimalist theme song ever. But you suggest that then Isaac Yankum DDS, the sound of drilling, wasn't good enough. Well, it was all that was okay, also. But I mean, Quake just had that, you know, just the heavy percussion. You know, like the, this is one guy you could have shaky cam for, the Kevin Dunn shaky cam, because it would make sense because he's the Earthquake. I'm surprised they didn't. I, my 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 memory told me they did at some point, but I make I think I made that up. Well, I mean, the, I mean, the camera would shake when Quake was was doing the tremors around the guy's body when he was doing the initial just boom, boom, just jumping around. The camera would go up and down a little bit. We we have a shoulder block contest with Quake just brushing off his arms as if Adam Bomb is nothing. Nice little pantomime there. Yeah, I like it. It's 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 rem- it's a reminder that Adam Bomb is an absolute beast. But but the Earthquake's an even bigger beast. He is indeed. Vince makes a North Korea reference at this point that involves Adam Bomb, which a little dis- a little disconcerting in the years since. Slightly, uh, I was quite surprised when. Uh, was I surprised? I don't know. When Vince said it, it certainly made me stand up and go, "Oh, okay, all right, we're talking about that, aren't we?" There are way too many news references on this show, and we have one coming up in a moment that really made me like feel a little icky. After Quake falls into the Andre the Giant Memorial Rope spot, where he gets, where he gets tied up by the arms, uh, Harvey taunts Howard Finkel at ringside. Now, keep in mind, this is Harvey Whip, Harvey Whippleman. Vince has the audacity to compare this to Madonna's foul-mouthed tirade on David Letterman on The Late Show in that same time frame. Just a desperate bit of chlorine for, for, for some modern context, isn't it? He compares Harvey Whippleman to Madonna. <laughs> now, I'm not the biggest Madonna fan, but <laughs> wow. That was, I don't think I've known a stretch quite like that. I can't picture Harvey singing Material Girl. I can help that. Well, I can't, but I know a guy who can. Johnny Boy. <laughs> hey. John! Harvey Whippleman as Madonna! In a material world. Material. <laughs> you know what to do, John! Unfortunately, he does. <laughs> Here you have these two big behemoths. One's 450 pounds, the other's about 300. They're hitting all these big power moves to each other. And you can't even hear the thud of the canvas because it's been taken out by the crowd suite. Yeah, you need to be you need to be able to hear those thuds. That's part of the fun of the match. Mm-hmm. Especially with two big guys in there. But it's uh it's almost like they're laying on laying on like a, like a memory foam canvas or something or a mattress. It's just it all the sounds are just muffled because we've got the steady 
doesn't actually exist in the arena. Maybe it's just a whole lot of wrestling God, fans who are just so excited for everything. Did you enjoy that match? Do you know what? It was better than their match at 10. There was more to it. Well, yeah. It certainly gave a bit more oomph to Adam Bomb, which I think was necessary. Between this and the 10-man tag, if they had just made Luger and Yoko like five minutes shorter, and they had maybe made the mixed tag a few minutes shorter, and just, I don't, I don't know, just done a little rearranging here, I think it could have had an even better WrestleMania. You reckon? I think so. I mean, I mean, 10 was great enough as it was. This is probably like a two-star Hoss match right here. It really was a good Hoss match. I like good beefy boy match. Yeah, it was no yeah, Joe I mean, Coffee it's... Dave Bastiff, but it was a good beefy boy <laughs> match. For just four minutes of just two guys hitting each other with their best shots and just dropping each other and hitting the big elbows and the big slams and all that, it was fine. Yeah, I loved it. Nothing wrong with it at all. You need matches like this for, for a little bit of balance. Yeah, I agree. So we get footage of Lex Luger being screwed over at WrestleMania by, by Mr. Perfect and his, his allegedly shoddy officiating. And then Luger in this leather jacket starts making threats from this promo room. That's actually done not the worst Luger promo I've ever heard in my life. He's certainly done worse, <laughs> which isn't yeah. the greatest of compliments, but he certainly has done worse. He gets to the point. You screwed me over my crowning moment. Now I'm going to pay you back. Nice and simple. And it's more believable than, well, I'm, I'm an all-American boy. I, I, I was good in this class. I excelled at this sport. Like, shut up and just be a badass. Yeah, this, this meant more. This meant more. I think it was Lex Luger at least attempting to speak from the heart a bit. We make fun of Lex Luger, but given his musculature at this time, I would not want him mad at me. He would tear me off like a tight t-shirt. <laughs> so we go to the ring where Mr. Where, where Monsoon is going to interview Mr. Perfect. He's wearing a suit with a lot of buttons. I like Perfect Suit here. It's really nice. I like the rhinestone Mr. Perfect on the back as well. I thought that was really nice. Perfect per- per- insists he called the match right down the middle because he's like because he's Bill Alfonso. And in, in, in a nice little verbal gaffe, he goes, I tried to be biased. Yeah, that was a, that. I don't know how deliberate that was, but I really like that because all the while throughout this throughout this bit with perfect he has been completely banged to rights with this i did it for this reason you you know you cheated you got the manager of the ring i had to get the manager out of the ring and this is the first time we see that veneer slip a little bit and i really like that i don't know if it was deliberate or not but i liked it well they do kind of work in a little bit later on the show by by pointing out that gap which kind of does add a little cover and make perfect even shadier so that's that's you worked out to a degree and of course, Perfect, Perfect obviously takes umbrage of being shoved by Luger, and and and, and he gives it a, a very a very uh, stern line. When you touch Mr. Perfect, you're gonna pay for it. Perfect got his point across. Luger's going. Luger swears revenge. He's gonna try to get revenge. Okay, great. But then Monsoon grabs Perfect, mm-hmm. and he does not pay for it because he because because Monsoon, who is the scariest man in that ring, by says you may have Mr. Perfect written on the back of your jacket. But soon you're going to have something written on the front of your jacket. It's going to say, made in the USA. Because apparently, Grilla Monsoon's going to buy Mr. Perfect a Lex Luger t-shirt. I, it, was a, it was a clumsy line. And you know what? It, it ran the risk of burying Perfect. Like, why did Gorilla Monsoon have to win? Exactly. There was I no mean, need love, for him to win. I love Gorilla and everything. But, I mean, come on now. Just... Would, would Gorilla have stood for whichever peon was interviewing him back in his heyday and them going, well, Gorilla, I think you're rubbish. Yay! He wouldn't have stood for that. Well, given that Monsoon was this big sea creature from Manchuria who didn't speak <laughs> English, he would... He, he probably would have eaten the guy's face. Well, oh, even better. All the more so. Yeah, I I, I like Gorilla. I think uh, he's a big part of wrestling history. Genuinely, uh, you know, they, it's the, the, you have the gosh darn Gorilla position in WWE. That, for Gorilla Monsoon. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. the dusty position in AEW. And, uh, it's, and now we do, yes. Which is nice. So what, what do we call the, uh, the the Gorilla position in Impact? I'm thinking we call it uh, the uh, the Dixie Carter position. <laughs> How about the um, whoever the hell's in charge of big position? Yeah, that's it. I like that. Nice and catchy. Big fan of that. Yeah, I mean, but, but Gorilla didn't need to. It sounds like something you know, Vince would authorize in order to make sure that somebody cheered during the segment, give him something to cheer for. And Vince makes sure to say, what a matchup that's going to be. 
I'm thinking Monsoon versus Perfect. <laughs> yeah, is that what he's teasing here? Like, are we are we getting Perfect versus Luca? <clears throat> no, we are not. Oh, for the love of God! All the time we get dropped. Well, some issues come up, and <clears throat> we're not going to see Perfect anymore on the show for at least a year and a half. Is this the last time we see him? I believe it is. Oh gosh, teased all that for nothing. Jeez. So we come back, Razor Ramon versus Austin Steele who we saw facing Lex Luger on, on a previous taping of this show. He's basically a, a wider-bodied version of, like, 80s flair. Yeah, he, he looks a bit like a puffy Ric Flair here, <laughs> to be nice. He looks like Flair from a distance. <laughs> if you squint your eyes, it's Ric Flair. It's for anybody who wants to put on a wrestling show in an arena where the ring is very far away, you can get Ric Flair mm. for a discounted mm. price. And we're honoring all of our far-sighted fans here. Here's Ric Flair. <laughs> it's a charity event. <laughs> man points out the big man points out the perfect verbal gap when he says I, I try to be biased most certainly did yeah I'm glad he pulled that up I'm glad that's a thing we saw a dude with an awesome white zombie shirt in the crowd want to hang out with that guy now <laughs> we learn at this point that Monsoon and, and Johnny Polo host All American Wrestling now actually on some of those Coliseum releases at the time with Polo doing commentary with Monsoon like dubbing over like dark matches and stuff they were a hilarious team. I think I like that Johnny Polo. I always remember Johnny Polo was uh, was commentating on a match with um, with uh, Joey Morella refereeing, mm-hmm. and he was going, "Oh, I hate these. I hate you know, Gorilla. I hate guys like this. These young referees like uh, like Joey Morella. I don't think he's got what it takes. I like, just really <laughs> prodding Gorilla over his son refereeing. I love that. <laughs> there was one where it was like Undertaker versus Crush, and, and Polo pointed out that. Every time he, he Tigger always does a sit up after three seconds exactly. He kind of like goes one, two, three. Say he did it. It's like it's like, it's like wrestling mystery science theater. <laughs> Polo's just amusing himself, and Mike, a monster's getting annoyed, but yet it somehow worked. Polo is just doing his own thing, and Polo is is breaking the fourth wall a little bit, which I really like. So Razor's just beating the hell out of faux flair here. Yeah, did they fall out or something? Because like Razor's being really harsh with Austin Steele, chopping the hell out of him. Yeah. Just kind of stiff him a little bit. I mean, it's Razor, so it's whatever. Monson keeps try- Monson keeps calling Razor the ladder man. Try and get that phrase over. At least if you're gonna call him the ladder man, call him the ladder mang. How about the ladder meng? The ladder. <laughs> oh my God, Meng in a ladder match. He just eat the ladder. He pointed whoever's in the rafters controlling the cable, and they, and, and they would piss their pants of fury and lower the belt to him immediately. <laughs> Not climb that stupid thing. What are you nuts? <laughs> How come in Money in the Bank, Mr. Kennedy never won the match by just standing under the briefcase and, and doing the arm thing upward and have a have, have him lower the briefcase right to him? And, and have and have the wire, the person controlling the wire, just by muscle memory, just start lowering the briefcase. Exactly. I'm not paying attention. This is just muscle memory. All seven guys brought out of the ring. Kennedy just, all right, let's, let's give it a shot. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. So while Monsoon's all ladder manning and Austin Steele's getting his areolas knocked off, we learned that over in England, Men on the Mission and the Quebecers had some title switches. At the Royal Albert Hall, Monsoon, or I'm sorry, Men on the Mission won the belts, and the Quebecers got back a few days later in Sheffield, England. There was an urban legend that Men on the Mission won the belts by accident. That when Mabel splashed the air, the air just didn't kick out in time, and they just went with the switch and figured, well, we could just change it again in a few days or whatever, that they weren't supposed to win the belts. Man on a mission's going to win, whether he wants to or not. <laughs> He's apparently German as well. That's excellent. Really? That sounded very German. That sounded quite <laughs> Deutsch. Was it Alex right? <laughs> it was. It was. I'd say it was Alex wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, no, no, no. He was right because he said Bulldog was going to win, and he was right. Very well, there we go. I stand corrected in my orthopedic shoes. Uh, it was actually not a bad show at the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, the WWF fans in 94 were treated to Quang defeating the 1-2-3 kids. IRS it's... defeating Doink. <laughs> Earthquake versus Bigelow. Battle of the big lads. I wouldn't mind watching that match. Jarrett versus Coco Beware again. That's good. Nice. The aforementioned tag title match, and in the main, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart for the WWF Championship. And that's not bad at all. It's a good card. Pretty much the same card in Sheffield, but with the exception of the the, the belt switching back again. I'm, I'm looking over here at the card for Oldenburg, Germany, on the same night. 
let's compare here. We got Fart Gun versus Fatu. Mm-hmm. Yes, Sparky Plug beating Adam Bomb by DQ. We have, we have Women's Champion London Blaze beating Leilani Kai, who is our only challenger at that point, apparently. Razor Moon beating Shawn Michaels in an Intercontinental title match. Rick Martel defeating Bastion Booger. Oh, jeez. And Lex Luger and Randy Savage in the main event being Yokozuna and Crush. Ooh. Ooh, I, fe- I, I have a feeling that maybe Germany won that, maybe? It seems more star-laden than, than the Royal Albert Hall one. Can we agree on one thing, though? Hmm. They did not have the roster to run two separate shows. Oh, absolutely not. I'm, I'm, I find it amazing that they, they had the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the temerity to attempt to run two shows on the same night with these rosters. Actually, while I'm on this page, let me just point Professor Razor kills uh, Austin Steel wins with a Razor's Edge. Yeah. Who cares about that match? Really, really, really battered him. I'm gonna scroll forth on my results archive here to July 7th, 1994. What could be my favorite show of all time? WWE ran, ran a sea show in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, oh on God. July seventh, on July seventh, nineteen ninety four. A sea show getting a sea town. Okay. <laughs> These were the six matches on the show, and I am not making this card up. I am ready, mate. I'm ready. Jim Powers defeated Damian Demento. <laughs> we start strong. Is this nineteen ninety four really? <laughs> 1984 perhaps in a midgets match the mighty doom defeated little leopard <laughs> Jesus. I, I have to say after each one I am not making this up <laughs> get ready here ready. sergeant slaughter defeated Quebecer Pierre oh my god gosh stone the crows there's a lot of good faith in the WWF at this point oh you have no idea. Get ready for this one. Yeah. Iron Mike Sharp defeated Glenn Osborne. <laughs> oh, Jesus. This is like an independent show from 1996 in New Jersey. Oh, and WWE got slandered for the thought of running 205 Live as a as a sea show touring brand. Like, that is abysmal compared to that. I have to say, if you advertise this card and I, and I was aware of it and was like local, I would absolutely have gone in two seconds. Do you know what? I probably would have gone out of the morbid curiosity. Hell yes. I mean, Sergeant Slaughter's going to be there. Jesus. <laughs> so am I. Hang on. <laughs> Heidi Lee Morgan defeated Rusty Thomas. Who are, who are either of those? Heidi Lee Morgan's the one at Lundra Blaze to win the belt. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That name had already fallen out of my brain. She trains locally at my gym. <laughs> of course. The, your your yes. gym friend, Heidi Lee Morgan. That's it. Why is she on the show yet? Because uh, I've never met her. Well, you need to work on that. I, I really do. And your main event, and what could have been a main event 13 years earlier, <laughs> Bob Backlund defeated Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, my God. I hope the tickets are half price. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Wow. Are you only, only 200 fans went to watch this show. Oh, really? That is a shock. Who is the star on that show? Sarge. Sarge, isn't it? It's Sarge. Sarge is the biggest form- star. You have two former world champions in Sarge and Backlund. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> the new generation. What's your main event? Bob Backlund versus Greg Valentine. Wow. Oh, like you wouldn't have gone. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course I would. I'm not an idiot. I love I love, a, I love a shonky wrestling show. I'd have been there Let in a heartbeat. Let me tell you something. If they ran Backlund versus Valentine today at the garage, you'd be there in three seconds. Do you know what? Yeah, I would. I would. I'd yes, be there. Don't... This is wrestling. <laughs> this is wrestling. I'd fly over there just to watch that show. Bob Backlund versus Orange Cassidy. Oh, God. <laughs> Jacques and Pierre are going to be defending the belts against a random babyface tag team that will be chosen by you, the fans out there. It'll oh. either be, and these are your choices. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, now, bear in mind, last week we had the big angle with the head shrinkers and the Quebecers. So, hit us with our options. The Bushwhackers, the Smoking Guns, and Men on a Mission. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. If you go back to the 88 Survivor Series, your babyface options would have been the Heart Foundation, the Powers of Pain, the Rockers, and the British Bulldogs. 
Well, Tom, it's finally come. The match you've longed to see, the match in the bag. Ten men in the ring for a ten-man tag. Now, I have to ask, did this match meet your expectations? Oh, uh, do you know what? This was good fun. I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. This was a good fun knockabout match. I was all right with this. I enjoyed it. Well, for those of you who don't know who guys are in this match, it's supposed to be with the Mania 10. Jeff Jarrett, IRS, the Headshakers, and Rick Martell versus Tatanka, the Smoking Guns, Sparkplug Holly, and the 123 Kid. A lot of talent in one match there. Do you know what? It's a, it's a it, busy yeah, mid-card in that whole thing. It's supposed to happen at Mania 10, but because of time constraints, apparently the ladder match went long. I think actually Luger versus Yoko went long, causing Bond and Quick to be just 30 seconds. And then Live Match Man went a little bit longer also, and it got this match bumped from the show completely. I think it's funny, though, that we have a match here where one, two, three, he gets pinned by the guy who 25 years later can be on WWE Watch Along bitching about the finish of a match that involved that guy's kid. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Isn't it weird? I, I love stuff like that when you watch <laughs> things like this in the match. We have a hell of a match and the friggin' DQ. And the DQ to friggin' hell in a cell. <laughs> Glad to see the 10-man tag is finally in the bag, Justin. It's funny in the bag and it, and it was worthwhile and it probably would have been like the fourth or fifth best match at WrestleMania in all honesty. It really it would have stood right out if they if that had been made it to the show then it would have been a whole, WrestleMania would have been a whole lot better. Even in Mania 10 at this point, either the best or the second best Mania ever, depending on how you felt about three. Yeah, it's weird because you look back in time and it really wasn't the. Uh, it, it didn't stand out as time goes on, but at the time, yeah, I guess it really was probably one of the best WrestleManias. I mean, yeah, two of the greatest Mania matches of all time on one night. It's a two match show, but what a two matches they were. So we go from the 10 man tag to the debut of the Heartbreak Hotel. This is this was built this is before the SmackDown Hotel. This was the the hotel that stood before it. Uh, incidentally, around about this time, there is some legit hotel concerns in the WWE because the WWE Hotel looks like it's been put on hold, and uh, this was going to be a big money spinner for the WWE the WWF in Las Vegas. And now it doesn't look like it's happening at all. I do hope we get the hotel built, Justin. Oh, we get SmackDown Hotel on one of the SmackDown games. Does that count? Yeah, that's close enough. <laughs> Now, I have to question something here. This is a different venue, right? It looks like a bigger venue, a much bigger venue. It's like a Superstars cave, and they're just like spliced in the, into the Raw cave somehow. Yeah, because there's no way this this would have fitted in the venue that they were in before. And also, there's more people there. Yeah, because Sean and Diesel have like the sea of, sea of humanity behind them. <clears throat> it's like they're in like a concert venue, and, and they're up on the stage, and we're, and we're filming from behind the uh, from the back of the stage. This is a way to keep Sean busy while having him wrestle. He's doing the Piper thing at this point where he's not wrestling on TV, keep himself fresh. But he's also, he's also maintaining a presence. And as we find out in this segment, he'll be managing Diesel going forward for a little bit. Why was he not resting at this point? Was he was he injured? He wasn't really injured. He, it was just like a freshening thing where he'd gone so hard for so long that he was he was just recharging. He was still wrestling on like house shows and dark matches at tapings, but not in actual televised matches. Mm. And in fact, he would not wrestle another televised match until August. Really? That far away? That far away. Blimey. He's got he's got the Brock Lesnar schedule going on then. <laughs> he's managing Diesel at this point. Well, first, let's how about we discuss the aesthetic of this uh, set here. I loved it. Oh, the 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 big old heart shaped bed, slate chaise lounge. I a nice little touch which I I missed first time round. Then when I watched it again, I saw it. The lamp in the shape of a woman's leg. Yes, yeah, Sean got the Christmas story lamp. That's great. <laughs> That's great. I really like that. I really I, I love the setup. It's beautiful to crack. Now, as as far as like wrestlers' personal interview segments go, this is up there with the barbershop. <laughs> but, but obviously beneath Piper's pit. Obviously, Piper's pit is 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 the the original Piper's pit. I'm talking about. You know, I I still believe, and and it's not a popular opinion that the Firefly Funhouse could have potentially been an interview segment. It could have been, but you don't want to have some some human being intruding upon it and then killing the cool vibe of it, like say what happened this past Monday. 
Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. The last guest that turned up burned it down. Why did you burn it? You burnt it down too much, Seth. Honestly, Seth, you burnt down too much. I mean, right, right now I realize Seth Rollins is the equivalent of the Antichrist in most people's eyes. But let me ask you this. If he showed up on Dynamite this week and jumped John Moxley, how much would the crowd cheer? Oh, he'd be the hottest guy in wrestling. He truly, would truly would. I'd be down with it. But <laughs> of course, we'll contradict everything he said about, you know, take a money out. Think of food off my table, even though I'm, I'm, a, I'm the main event guy. <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much nailed the laugh there, sir. Well, because I'm sick. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't get a guest for uh, the Heartbreak Hotel. I thought we might have got a guest. I think it's either just establishing the set here. Also, you mentioned, you mentioned the lips, throat pillows. Yeah. You see those? I li- oh, I like them. That was cool. I, I initially thought they were other hearts. They were smaller hearts. Then you got closer. You went, oh, yeah, they were indeed. Um, we, had the, we had the nice, lazy, sleeping, bang, uh, neon lighting for the sign of Harper Hotel. It just screams sleaze. It's just, it just, it is perfect. They they pitched it so well for for our boy, Shawn Michaels. And you know what? If, there's, if you want to keep him on TV, but you don't want him wrestling, this is a great device to keep him there. You know, utilize that absolute sleaziness, that 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 animosity towards him and ch- and channel it into a device like this that could easily put other people over. And, and, exactly. and as well as Diesel. Yeah, Diesel's going to get the big rub out of this. Sean mentioned at one point that there is there's to be no five fingering pause <laughs> of ashtrays. <laughs> you dirty poor vote. <laughs> Sean mentions Razor Ramon and Diesel peers menacingly over his shades. Very menacingly. He is the most menacing. This probably the most this probably the scariest Kevin Nash has ever been in wrestling. I like yeah, I, I like him. I, I you and again it's with watching him here you can see this is a guy that's gonna break out. Because uh Diesel's gonna challenge Razor for the Intercontinental title. That's gonna be. Yeah, they mentioned it, didn't they? Did they actually announce when it's happening? Because I don't, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think they did. They didn't, but I'll say it is not going to be on a roll. No, they just kind of said, "Oh, it's happening." If I was a bone mate, when's it happening? Well, it's just something to build to. Mm-hmm. And and Sean says to Razor, "You can check out, but you can never leave." Welcome to the Hotel California. <laughs> Get the cat excited. Get the cat excited. Isn't that like a metaphor for today? Today's WWE, you know, you, you can check out, but you can't leave, a la Luke Harper and uh, Mike Kanellis. Do you know what? That is brilliant. <laughs> WWE is indeed Hotel California. You can check out, but you can't leave. <laughs> How did Ty Dillinger get out? We don't know. Anyway. <laughs> The same way, the same door Alicia Fox got out via the alumni. Yeah, that's um kind of a sudden escape. What's 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 Felicia Wolf doing in the AEW zone, Muggle? Wait for it, it'll happen. <laughs> I was gonna say Alyssa Hound. <laughs> oh, nice. That's better. <laughs> Alyssa Hound. Alyssa Hound. Alyssa Hound. But seriously, given how her year is going, I hope she's doing well. Yeah, ah, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, we send love to Alicia Fox, like one of the longest-serving members of the women's division in mm-hmm. WWE. Uh, big love yep. to Alicia. You have you've set records. You've set the bar. Yeah, you know, hard is the transition from wedding planner to women's champion in just two years. Exactly, she's a grafter. Exactly. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yokozuna versus Scott Powers. Yes, yeah, Scott, who looks a bit like a chubby Bob Backlund with a mustache and bacon foil. Nice little mullet, too. Yeah, cracking mullet, mullet action going on from Scott Powers. I like how, like, Fink announces him. And you go, Scott Powers. And Scott, like, defiantly puts his hand in the air. I'm like, mate, I, I know I know it's suspension of disbelief, but we all know what's going to happen here. Like, don't pretend that this is your night. Well, he's he's a projecting power like he's Final Tap. <laughs> Charlie Sheen's in the race. Coming up next on USA, whatever crappy movies they can get, get a hold of. So it's your typical Yoko squash. Powers has no chance. Just selling the idea that Yoko is pissed off because he lost the belt. Not because the, because the ropes were apparently loose late in that match against Brett. We get a nice touch here after Yoko hits the big leg drop. Goes for the bonsai. He checks the ropes to make sure they're tight before he goes up. Yeah, I, I, which is which is makes sense because he is getting chubbier. So he's just a nice little double check before he does. Well, because well, apparently Mandy was so hard hitting that the ropes were loose because of... Uh, actually, well, what they should have done... Have Yoko feud with Sean because when Sean crotched himself up in the ladder match and got tied up in the rope, that caused him to be loose for the next match. So when Yoko went for the bonsai, he slipped. Oh, really? That's what they should have done. Oh, I thought that happened. Oh, I thought that actually no. happened. No, see, that's brilliant. They wouldn't have done it. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you could tie one into the other. But I do, it's true. I do. I, yeah. But the, but to go back to it, the whole thing of testing the robes, I think, is a is a nice little touch for WrestleMania 10. I like that. Like you can Hello. see that like, the fact that he takes a he doesn't just test it. He takes a little while to look at them as well. Like he's a little bit anxious about going up for the bonsai. I like that. Mm-hmm. It gives that little element of doubt to Yokozuna, this powerful big lad who is just suddenly a little bit cautious of like is. Is this the right thing to do? Or do we need a do we need a new finisher? He was betrayed by the ring crew. <laughs> what joy. Oh, that would what a story that'd be. If if every time Yoko went up for the bonsai, the ropes broke, and it turned out that Bret Hart or Lex Luger had paid off the ring crew to loosen up the buckles. Right, Yoko's universe is Klondike Bill. <laughs> I am there. I am ready. My body is ready for that match. Like Bill Shepard's in a documentary on the network with Tony Schiavone to just extol his virtues. Give it time. Give it time. They're doing everybody at the moment. Give it time. Yoko hits the bonsai, gets the pin, stays seated for like 30 seconds after the fact because he's pissed off. Gonna take out his aggression on Mullet Man, Scott Powers. Yeah. He just sits there for ages. He comes down quite hard on Powers, I put here. Like he really like he really drops on him. I feel like like he crushes his throat a little bit. It's not quite the end of the but it's close. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a half de Beal. <laughs> do Beal or not do Beal? <laughs> That's what Yoko thinks just before he comes off the ropes. Do Beal or not do Beal? This one's a de Beal. <laughs> Bye. That, that was the question. <laughs> so we go to the plugs for next week. It's Quebecers versus... We don't know. <laughs> Quebecers versus who? Quebecers versus uh, a the two, the two two mystery teases for a cultaholic news video. I'm hoping it's the Bushwhackers, mate. I'm hoping, well, it, you should have voted in 1994. You could have gotten the Bushwhackers. <laughs> call, call the 900 number. 
I, lo- I liked it. I just I just find it funny how they did the whole bit with the head shrinkers and they went, okay, we need a challenger. Bushwhackers, <laughs> get in there. <laughs> Wait, hang on. What about that story you told last week? That's it for this week's show. In fact, the live show next week. I can't remember the location, but there's going to be fresh matches this time around. Yeah, we're at that point now where I'm ready for some. Mind you saying that, we didn't get the... Uh... We didn't get the sort of the slow dribble of of random matches that we've had previously at the end of a taping run. This felt like a packed show with stuff. Mm-hmm. It felt like, you know, Earthquake and Adam Bomb, the big 10-man tag. We got Shawn Michaels Heartbreak Hotel somewhere completely different regardless. Uh, so it felt like a full show. So it means going into a live show and a new fresh set of tapings. I'm quite excited. Oh, actually, I'm just glancing at the tapings right now. And it's actually a pretty promising taping. Ooh, okay. In, in fact, next week's episode is going to have the debut of a certain somebody who would hold gold in the company in the future, but not as a wrestler on the show. Oh, Goldberg. Close enough. As a ring announcer. <laughs> so there's your tease. Oh, you cheeky tease. So that was a good. That was a good one. Enjoyed that. Thank you very much to Gorilla and Vince for doing some wonderful commentary in front of crowd cheering the opposite way. Uh, thank you to Justin Henry. I hope your seasonal cold uh, or the your, your your appalling case of sniffles clears away mm-hmm. and you have a prosperous weekend. I would I would do my best to do just that. Thank you very much. He is at JRH Writing. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together we are at Cultaholic. Get the cats excited. I love you. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter. A health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.